0: Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I left academia about one year ago to become a scientific editor for grants and manuscripts and an editorial manager for our science website.
1: I'm Ian, and I've recently left academia to move into a science communication, editing, and publishing career.
0: And I'm Dr.
2: PMS. I've left academia about two years ago to work as a
0: biotech salesperson, and I'm
2: still in recovery. We're in
0: various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage.
1: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Recovering Academic podcast. Um, I'm Ian, and I'm here with Clady and Amanda, as always. And we have um, a topic to talk about tonight, about um, how you... uh, (laughs) how you ask for more than academia trains you for and how do you get compensated properly when you leave you know academia which is poorly funded and you don't get paid a lot of money to gauge what your time is truly worth as an expert as a phd as someone who's put in years of work and then the broader discussion i think is how do you you know how do you assess feeling valued right Cause that's a hard thing for a PhD who spends most of their time feeling undervalued to maybe have a sense of, I don't know. So I think that's the topic tonight. Like, I mean, I, you know, how do you gauge a value of your time and get properly compensated for it? And like, how do you get a sense of that in the first place?
2: Yeah. I don't know if it's just uh, the PhD uh, or postdoc, I feel like it's uh, it's uh, academia kind of uh, teaches you to do a lot of stuff for free. Also, yes, like <laughs> well, yeah, it does. so yeah, you do just, like reviewing. Yeah. You publish articles. You do a lot of community work, and and then you just get used to working for free so
0: well
2: and and at at least for me when it comes up with uh trying to find out a price that i'm worth like hourly price it's kind of it's super hard one because i have no idea of what that would be Mm -hmm. and two it's uh you feel uncomfortable because you're not used to it right Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I guess the other thing I would add to that is it's not just doing a lot of free stuff that we're trying to do, but it's also PhDs don't have the internal motivation to just do the work and dot the I's and cross the T's for our own, you know, satisfaction to do the best job we can to solve the problems that we can and not... You know, I guess, like, there's another way of saying, like, we're not necessarily... We didn't necessarily go to graduate school for the money.
0: (laughs) Oh, great. Right? Right? No, no,
1: not even a little bit. Like, so, you know, like, why do we do that? Well, you know, because we had other motivations, right? Or we're just internally curious people who just like asking questions and solving problems. And it's great that there's a career path that sort of can tick that box for you if you do that. So, like, I think that feeds into this as well, that, like... It's not. It's it's a sort of an alien world to consider. It's like oh, putting monetary value on my time. Like I'm, you know, the PCR machine that has a definite several thousand dollar value. You know what I mean? Like
0: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: No, exactly. And the and the thing is, uh, we are trained in academia to be academics, and mm-hmm. and the academics do a lot of stuff for free, and they do have a salary. Yes. So, but I feel like the only real thing that they have to negotiate is kind of their their salary and and maybe once they they buy something from a company that they want to get cheaper (laughs) uh, prices but I mean it's not something that they need to academics don't really need to do that in a a regular basis.
1: Well like PhD students and postdocs don't generally yeah I mean at least some PIs also like figure it out a little bit with like their consulting fees and stuff like that that they do sometimes and you know figuring out their salaries for grants like they get more once you get to that level you're more exposed to it maybe
2: oh yeah I think so but uh and it's not just money it's also time
1: oh sure yeah absolutely like what is you you know what is it yeah and like yeah absolutely it's absolutely time too like, yeah, how much worth time? time? What is worth? <laughs> yes,
2: yes, exactly, because Cause, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Yeah, because like I will tell you at work, like I mean, you know what I do is like I'm a virtual lab manager and like not necessarily a PhD level job because like you know what I do with a lot of my time, I am copying and pasting and filling out forms, um, and like you know it's just like oh well. I mean, you know, to some extent, like, it's, like, well, if you're analyzing data, you're copying and pasting and filling out forms. But, like, that's probably, like, as a scientist, more worth your time. But at the same time, this is just, like, you know, like, it's the admin work that I do, right? Like, that's basically a lot of the time I spend. And, like, does it require a PhD to do any of that? It absolutely does not. Um, But at the same time, it's, like, you know, like, I know... You know, I speak science, so that helps me do my job a little bit. But at the same time, like, I don't know.
2: That's what I was going to tell you. Like, uh, my job also, for instance, like, I do everybody. I can teach everybody to enter in my system and do a quotation. Because Mm -hmm. that's really easy and you don't need a PhD for that. But to know what to put in the quotation... (laughs)
1: Right.
2: To configure the equipment. Or to equipment. Like,
1: understand what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, I wish that I had. Uh, now I wish that I had more chemistry <laughs> background that I do.
1: Yeah. Any job requires a lot of admin. I think it's just you know the nature of doing work to some extent. But you know it's like what is what are the forms worth filling out? What are the problems worthy of your you know expertise to be involved in solving versus. You know, is it really valuable for me to be filling out like account setup applications and stuff like that? Like, I I don't know. Um, It's hard to know. Yeah. And like, this comes up, like, just like, you know, because like if you're in a service based industry, like, this comes up, like, how do you put a value on your hours? Like, and like, I, none no PhD program I know of has ever trained anyone to, like, here's how you calculate how much you should charge a client.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right um like i and like this is true if you're like an individual running your own business and freelancing essentially Mm -hmm. or like a company right Um, yeah but in the
2: but that like academia doesn't train you to do that but it doesn't teach you to do also to negotiate it doesn't teach you to uh, be an admin even like admin like admin a grant and admin a lab once you have a pi you are a pi you have to uh admin all the expenses and all those Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and i guess that that's i don't think that this is um we cannot put this on academia because in the end uh the pis they i feel like the 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 challenge of academia is that they they have like um, the main thing of academia is to publish to publish Mm -hmm. and to create research. Mm -hmm. So once you have postdocs and PhDs, they are kind of like uh, uh, your tool. Yeah, like a mean how you do it. So you will train them to do research. Ideally, you will train your students to do much more than that, but it's hard.
1: Right. I mean, I think there are some things like, you know, like PIs can include PhDs and postdocs in various tasks they do to just give them exposure to that, like, side of it. Um, And, like, I mean, for that matter, like, I mean, maybe it's not even at the PI level. It's at the department level where, like, you know. You need to be get people more involved at a more junior level, at least a little bit, right? Of showing mm-hmm. them like here's this process.
2: Okay. Yes, I agree. Um, but on this, on the thing like to prepare per uh, to prepare the PhD to something outside academia, I don't know if it's the is the PI's job to do that. I feel like it should be an in an institutional level, like the the institution, the university should have like a center or something mm-hmm. where the the postdocs could or PhDs could go there and and have talks and have things because uh, you you have to be proactive and also like try to look for those things because uh, if you keep uh, waiting until something will fall in your lap—it's right. not.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, it gets more, it's getting more mm-hmm. common to have postdoc offices and grad student offices that do programming like that. Mm-hmm. But like, there's also nothing to substitute for real-world experience. Like, you can bring in people to give talks all you want, and it doesn't necessarily train anyone in anything. Um, oh,
2: I feel like it gives you exposure at uh, different things, and and I feel like. Uh, there sure. you always have to be proactive and go there and, and read more about uh, what you and I feel like Amanda is the best one that could give us her experience because um, Right. Ian, you have a job and I, I get commission days so I can work sometimes I can work I don't know f- mm-hmm. four hours and I can make a lot of money. <laughs> And I can work a, a year mm-hmm. and and then they buy from the competitor and I make zero money. So I have no idea of like how much my time is worth, but you have to charge for hours. So how, yes. how mm-hmm. was your experience of?
0: So I had a hard time with, so I don't think it's necessarily the PI's fault or anything, but if we're going to assign blame, but I feel Mm -hmm. like academia, like, um, naturally devalues time, like teaches you to devalue your time because there's a lot of Mm -hmm. things that you're expected to do that don't necessarily fall within your job responsibilities, but you're supposed to do anyhow. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of emphasis on like doing things for free. Um, So, for Mm -hmm. me, I had a hard time with um, trying to – how do I put this? Like, with making sure that I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'll do that for free.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, sure, my rate includes that.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the exact problem that we're facing as a company, too. It's like, oh, what is included in our – service versus what isn't and it's like it's such a fuzzy line to draw like it's yes yeah because there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of
0: like it's a slippery slope because you start off with one Mm -hmm. thing and then you're like oh well you know this won't take me very long it'll take me maybe 30 minutes and then you add that in and then before you know it you're working an extra hour two or three for free
1: Right. Or like, yeah, exactly. Or like, I mean, because like with our example, my example at um, where mm-hmm. I work at Happy Labs, like I, the perfect example is like, well, a request comes in from some weird supplier I've never heard of before. And like, it's like, oh, well, like processing the order. Part of that is setting up the account and, right. you know, like filling out the credit application and working with the sales rep to figure out, you know, it's like, man mean, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's just part of processing that order. Right. But, like, maybe not. I don't know. Like, it's hard to, it's a really hard thing to gauge and, like, draw a defined line in. Yes.
0: And then I had a hard time just figuring out pricing in general. Because, Mm -hmm. like, as a grad student a postdoc, if you've ever worked out your hourly rate, um, my suggestion is to not do that. Right. Because it is very, very sad to have it when you're calculated out (laughs) and you're like, oh. So don't right. do that, um, unless you move out of academia. Unless you move you out, can... out of academia, then in which or case... you're in one of
1: like the, the very rare postdocs who's paid extraordinarily well.
0: Yes, maybe an industry postdoc you get paid well.
1: Yeah, computer science too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and there's like some there's some life sciences postdocs in places in some places in Europe that are just extraordinarily well paid.
0: So if, if you get those positions, if you're one of those, feel free to calculate your hourly hourly right. rate. But if you're not, don't do that. Um, so I figured out what my hourly rate was based on a 40 hour work week, Mm -hmm. um, when I was doing my postdoc. And so I was like, okay, anything like that I make above that, like, that's how my pricing should start off as a freelancer or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing my own business. Um, and that's, that was, that was not good. That was not a smart idea. (laughs) Like. I went through and had, I eventually, um, somebody told me I was undercharging, so I went and looked at um, other people's websites, saw what their prices were, looked at, um, so the American Medical Writers Association publishes a salary survey, Mm -hmm. and so I looked at their salary survey, um, and their salary survey also includes um, freelance rate, there's um, the writer's market, They they have rates like... Per project, as well as um, like per hour, and then I kind of picked something in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so and I that guess was really hard for the to money. Do.
2: <laughs> yeah, for the money, time is a little bit easier. But what about for the time to- for the time part?
0: <laughs> yeah, the time part is hard. Like I have to remind myself. Like I write out with every client now, like exactly what is included in their rate. Mm-hmm. And what I will and will not do.
1: Right. And, like, you probably have, like, occasion rates of, like, oh, if you want this by Monday, it's going right. to cost you, like, twice as much or whatever, you know, like that.
0: Yeah, like, kind I do of... a 20% rush fee for anybody who wants to turn around in um, 24 hours. With one client, um, I get paid time and a half if they want me to work on um, evenings or weekends.
1: hmm
2: Oh, that's yes. smart. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So- so
0: like if I yeah. choose to work evenings or weekends, it's not a big like they don't get charged that. But like if they give me something, say, Monday at like 4 p.m. and they need it by Tuesday morning, I'm obviously going to have to work on it that evening. So then they get charged time and a half, if that makes sense. Yes,
2: of course. That makes sense. And it's really nice that you I feel like that's good. That is a good time for a good man, way for you to value your time. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and something like all a tidbit i'll add from i got from a a workshop i did with like a science writer um kate gammon at SciCom camp last year is just practicing asking like just saying like if somebody gives you a rate that they're willing to pay you it's like no that seems like it's a little bit low
0: yes (laughs)
1: um
0: yeah i did that so there's a project that um i worked on in this like um November through January and their initial rate I was like oh yeah that's not how I would normally charge a little bit higher than that and like I named a rate that was like almost twice what they had and they met me in the middle
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah so like that's Something else to like maybe think about as an academic, it's, like just know that going in, like you're probably undervaluing your time. And yes. like if somebody's offering you to like pay something's like at, and like, eh, that's a little bit low. Mm-hmm. Um, because you yeah, know, it's like that... at some points, like you know, like as one person, you might be doing the work of like mm-hmm. three people at some company, right? I and it's like and like oh, like if you're one person replacing three, like guess what? They should pay you more,
2: right? Yeah, I feel like this is something that it's lesson number one is just keep in mind that the real world outside academia is different Mm -hmm. and you are so used to like undervaluing your time and undervaluing yourself that um, you don't really think about it and and you kind of feel bad Mm -hmm. about, Mm. but don't just. Just And also, right. I feel like if, if you're in a position of negotiating, you could always aim for more. Uh, I think that because like mm. Amanda, she just said that, okay, she did what she was uh, doing, making as a postdoc. And then that's where she started. And I feel like she should have started like, okay, this is the the, the minimum, but I want to do like double.
0: <laughs> right. Like that's what I should have done.
1: Right. Yes. And I, yeah, I guess this is comes up mm-hmm. with like, you know, another bit of advice from the freelancing world is the three P's like passion, prestige and pay. And if some job doesn't offer two of those three, just mm-hmm. turn it down instantly. Um, And like because like I, I edit for a couple of publications mm-hmm. that like we don't pay anybody basically because like we can't afford to. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I, I get super squirrely about like even pitching like hey writer would you like to write for us doing something i'm like eh. so yeah. like sort of what i sort of like my like guideline for if you're working for a publication like that or an outlet like that mm-hmm. like just like you know like what you can can offer is like if you're like a phd student or a post you know like we're wanting to try something else like it's like hey we have an outlet where you can try your hand at writing about science like we can't pay you, but like it will give you exposure to sort of what this is like working with an editor and you know pitching an idea to a blog. Like you know what I mean? It's so like and like you know it's like some I I I think that's you know I think that's I valid think. at least because like you know it's like oh I I tried it I don't like it or like you know I tried it this is awesome how do I get paid to do this
0: now? Yeah, I think it's I fine think... to do that. Sorry. Yeah. I think it's fine to do that for an initial step. Like if right, you absolutely. are inexper- inexperienced or unexperienced right. and you're doing Completely. that like right, as exactly. a, here, let me try that. But like what you want to be careful of is that you don't stay in that mindset of, oh, I'm inexperienced. I'm still trying it. So yep. I'm still trying it. And you find yourself six months down the road and you're still pitching outlets that don't pay.
1: Right. Yes. Exactly. Yes, yes, Precisely yes. right.
2: Yes that's that's it uh, because that's it's tough especially mm-hmm. if if let's say you're in academia and you want to move out of academia and you don't really know where you want to go or you do want kind of know but you you are not sure because you don't you've never been there so mm-hmm. trying this like unpaid jobs like an unpaid internship for i don't know 2 months 3 months that's that's valid that's yeah. valid but the problem is that a lot of those places, they they kind of uh, then explore, you know, because they know that they can have like right. free labor right. and, and then they want to,
0: right,
1: exactly. to
2: keep doing that for free forever. And that's where you need to find the line where, okay, now I feel like I know what I want. I learned what I want. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to move on and find
1: something for me right? right exactly and like if like you know like a writer for one of the free publications that work for keeps coming back I'm like hey i've got another idea i was like you know sorry we're not publishing you anymore <laughs> yeah. like, you need to go Like, you need to
0: go and pitch someplace that right. will give you money for this
1: Precisely. yeah
0: like that's something that i've run into with um like work that i've done i've had one person say, well, you should do this for me because then I can recommend you to other people. <laughs> and I'm widely connected and they wanted me to give them a... They didn't want me to work for free, but they wanted me to give them a significant discount. Like we're talking 50%. Mm-hmm. And I i turned them down um, because they were like, well, you've only been in the field for like a year and this would give you some sort of thing like in. And I was like, yeah, no. Which... I'm, well, I guess it was two years because this was last spring. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was something that was kind of helpful for me to be able to be at that point, to be able to say no. And so that's one thing that I think that kind of correlates with that is that don't let people tell you that you're not worth as much as you really are. Like, if that makes sense.
1: Right, Uh, yeah. And don't be afraid to say no, even though it can be really hard to do that. Like, believe me, I know it's really hard to say no. Mm Because, like, like, you know, again, like, this is something, like, I mean, maybe we should not be too fine, but, like, you know, we do this podcast and, like, we're just volunteering our time to do this, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I mean, yes, it's a megaphone and outlet for us to, like, spread our voices to the world, but, like, you know, we're not getting paid to do this currently.
0: Right. But this is Um, more of, like, a a hobby type thing.
1: Precisely. Yes.
0: It would be different if, like, we were somehow making income, and then we wouldn't pay. I don't know, like somebody an else, editor. an editor.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Completely. So, uh, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. No. I feel like uh, it's, um, it's, tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. It's 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 tough. And and saying no sometimes is tough, just for the sake of saying yes. no but also mm-hmm. uh, what if you don't have a lot of work and mm-hmm. and then you right. don't know um, if you're going to have a uh, if you're a freelancer or if you were commissioned like me you know mm-hmm. uh, you have you don't know you don't have a salary every month so right. you don't know what it's going to be so sometimes it, it's kind of like okay I'm going to turn this thing down and then will I have another one mm-hmm. would right. I and and then also, like, I don't know, I will be kind of, I don't think that this was the, the guy offered to help you. He didn't threat you to like, oh, I'm going to talk bad about you oh, yeah. or whatever. But, I mean, what if it, it could be that, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, right. I don't want to say no, says, mm-hmm. right, because if because... someone will put a bad word on me and, and I don't know, I am, I am always like, I'm a people pleaser mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I hate yeah, that about thing. me because right. I'm always thinking that if I do something, the person is going to feel bad or the person, I'm going to right. hurt the person mm-hmm. or I'm going to do whatever and, and, and I, sometimes I look myself in the mirror and I like, Clady the, the world doesn't wrong it's not around you you know people have lives and if you do this no one is going to die but i mean it's tough it's tough to say right. no for a lot of mm-hmm. reasons that sometimes it's not just that and i'm just like trying to be the devil's advocate that yeah right. i agree I agree in case like okay you don't you don't want to work for free you don't want to undervalue your work but sometimes we have to eat. We talk about that, yes.
1: right? Yes. Sometimes you have to be your cat, and I mean, I think like another thing of like people pleasing is, um, yeah, it's. I think it's that's not an uncommon trait amongst academics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like, there's obviously also like a you know a gendered component to this, where like yeah, you know, like just the acculturation of women in the United States, at least and the Western world, and I mean other places too, but. Um, yeah, like that plays into this as well. And like, we're not going to get into that tonight, but yeah, uh, that's another whole aspect of this that's, you know, like it makes it hard to say no. And like, I guess like, I don't know what to leave with other than to say, like, I guess understand that's like, you know, you're a smart person, you earned a PhD, you know how to work hard, you know how to do things and, you know, like learn to say, ask for more and there is opportunity out there.
0: So I have what I can offer as my solution for that. How do you say now? So there are two sides to this. The first is, is it a project or something that would just, and it's offered at a rate that would just piss me off every single time I had to do it? Mm -hmm. Like, is it something that's at a rate where I'm just like, so like, I know that I'm going to resent it and be unhappy about it? If so, then I ask for the price that would make me not so pissed off to have to do it. And then if they say no, well, then it's not on you. It's on them. Yes. And mm-hmm. then the other thing is, is that if it's something that I would like to do at a rate that I'd like to do it, but I am have some other concern, like time constraints or something like that, is to offer an alternative. So, you know, like somebody wants... Emails me today and says that they want something edited by Tuesday. Well, I'm fully booked tomorrow and Friday. So I, and I don't work on the weekends or try not to work on the weekends. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have a chance, like couldn't do it by Tuesday, but I could do it by Thursday. Then I say, you know, I can't do, unfortunately, I can't do it by Tuesday, but I can do it by Thursday. And then again, if they turn me down, then it's on them, not on me. Mm -hmm. Um obviously if you are in a position to where maybe like and then I also try to schedule for freelancing try to schedule to where I have um like I have worked enough to where I am working on next month's pay this month so like I worked on we're in February, end of February when we're recording this. So I am work, so the month of February is March's pay. So that way I don't have to be in the position of having to turn or having to accept something so we have money. If that makes sense.
1: You yes. Can, might need to unpack that a little more, but I'm sure our listeners are smart and can get it. And yes. Tired so right it's now.
0: it's more it's more of the idea of like I am never, like, worried about trying to make money for expenses for the month that I'm currently in. Got it. So, I am always making the money.
2: Now, she's using the money that she worked last month.
0: Right. To pay for this month's expenses. So, that way, I've always got at least a month buffer for um, expenses. Okay. I, I have a little bit more than that, but like that's kind of the mentality that I have is that I'm working on next month's expenses right now.
2: Yeah, I feel like this is the ideal and mm-hmm. it probably took you some yeah, time to get took there.
0: Me, yeah, it took me, so it took me about six months or so to get to the point where I could do that and then mm-hmm. I took maternity leave where I wasn't getting paid for a little while and then I came back part-time so it's taken me another, well, another like three or four months to kind of get to that point again
2: good but this is a good thing I feel like this is a uh, you come up with a good strategy and I like that strategy on okay it's not on me it's on them you know (laughs) because then it takes out your guilt yes (laughs) because I have a really
0: hard time like I want to do everything I want to please the people who ask me so then if I offer an alternative that wouldn't piss me off like or make me feel like I'm going to be stressed about it then you know it's not my fault if they say no then they have to say no
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, I think that's really kind of brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that a lot. Because, like, then you're also feeding in, like, you're sort of creating a virtuous cycle of, like, increasing your mm-hmm. own happiness. It's like, oh, yeah, I would do that for this amount of money or mm-hmm. this alternative version works for me. Yes. And, like, then you, it's like, you know, I'm going to make myself happy, basically. Like, is what you're saying there, right? It's like, true.
0: I didn't think about it that way, but yes.
1: Nothing wrong with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. I uh, feel
2: like, oh, and, ultimately that's all what we we all want to be happy right yes and work and do things that make us happy so
1: yes i think that is the best possible place we could leave this discussion (laughs) Um, yeah like if neither of you have any last thoughts um i will I'll close this episode by saying thank you all for listening and joining us again for another episode. And we will see you, um, on the next, next show.
0: See you next, Bye, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the recovering academic podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a creative commons license. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps other people find out about us. You can tweet the show. At recovering a CAD. You can also find all of the hosts on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr underscore PMS.
1: And I'm at IH Street.
0: We're also on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash recovering academic podcast. You can find all of our episodes and subscribe to our newsletter on our website at recoveringacademic.net. And don't forget, There is sunshine outside the ivory tower.